When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Friday in Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Oh, it's going to be a spicy one. Yeah, I I understand. I'm going to get to your questions, but we're going to have to talk a little bit about inflation here at first because the numbers are. So let's let's we're going to have a hard conversation about inflation. And then once we're done with inflation, we'll make fun of Kathy Hochul, one of my favorite things in the world to do. And then we'll dig into your questions. We have cheeseburger questions. We have questions about national divorce. Questions about are Democrats actually at war with the United States of America? We have questions about China and the Belt and Road. We have questions about the spice trade. Man, talk about a throwback. It's going to be a great night tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. But sometimes... Sometimes I think it's helpful to go into history. I think history really helps us. It gives us context on things. So before we get into all the admittedly terrible inflation news today, I think it would be important for us to let's get in a time machine and let's go clear back to, well, yesterday when the regime was saying things like this. To me, we have the strongest economy. Perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, the unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services, a marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a roaring 20s style. It's the Roaring Twenties, baby. This is the best, the best economy Jim Cramer and MSNBC's ever seen. And I'm look, 
We don't want. We don't want. Certainly, want to want to act like he was the only one. And again, remember, I know it's ancient history, but this is. Hang on, let me check my watch. About twenty four hours ago, this was the White House. Oh, my voice just squeaked. Did you hear that, Chris? No way. <laughs> Maybe I'll start growing a beard. All right, this is White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain from yesterday. Hi, I'm Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff. There's a lot of talk about how the economy's doing. Here are a few key facts that show the economy is growing and recovering under President Biden. Last week, the government reported that the unemployment rate's down to 4.2%. That's three years faster than experts predicted it would happen before we passed. Ah, you got the idea. Boy, that was, again, yesterday. That was yesterday. I mean, you know what? Okay, I know what you're thinking, though. That's good news. Best economy ever. Look at how good Joe Biden's done. I think we should rewind even further, don't you? I've, yesterday, maybe that may be doing that. Maybe that may be doing them wrong. Why don't we go back to oh, let's go back to June of this year. Remember this? Talking inflation. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. So again, if it turns out. That what I've done so far, what we've done so far, is a mistake. It's going to show. That's funny. Uh, we just got off that time machine, and here we are. We're we're back in reality, and this this is today. Inflation is a big problem. Here's the late-breaking number. Over the last year, the prices you paid went up 6.8%. That's the sharpest inflation surge since 1982. You strip out food and energy, and the core price up 4.9%. That's the highest since 1991. In most industries, inflation is now outpacing wage gains. In other words, workers are getting worse off. That doesn't sound good. And look, I'll be frank with you. You know it's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, and we're going to have a bunch of fun, and we're going to laugh, and it's going to be a good show, but uh, it's going to be a little bit heavy here for a few, so you're just going to have to hang with me. I want you to listen to this, and then we're going to have a hard talk about who's paying the price and why we're paying a price. Breaking news uh, and bad news, of course, for working class Americans, middle class Americans, who certainly are going to feel the pinch in their pocketbook. Inflation spiked 6.8 percent in November, uh, highest spike in 39 years. High spike since 1982, if you're wondering what 39 years is. All right, now let's. Let's have an honest talk, and this is going to be uh, maybe one that makes you a little uncomfortable, but it's time to have an honest talk. I, as you well know, am a completely narcissistic sociopath with no heart or feelings whatsoever, uh, but I do care a great deal about the working man because that's how I've lived my entire life. As you know, that's my family. Uh, I come from a construction family, not just my father, his father before him. That's that's what we did. It was water and sewer line. That's, that's what we did. That's how we made a living. I've washed dishes. I've washed golf clubs trying to make a living. I've sold RVs to put food on the table. That's my, been my entire life. I only got, as you know, I only fell backwards into this media gig like three years ago. So what that means is this. I understand how people live. Lots of them. Most Americans. I understand what it's like to sit down with your spouse 
monthly or maybe every other month and you're going through the bank account list and you're figuring out okay can we cut back here uh do we need do we need uh do we need th- that cell phone package do, do we have to get the cable news i i don't think you know we could cut the cord uh honey maybe we could can we get better insurance money and you're not doing that just because you're being like chris and super cheap you're doing that because you don't get to eat otherwise you're doing that because, well, I want to I be able to afford to drive with my family for a few hours and head down to the beach and stay at a hotel for a few days this summer. And if we, if we don't find a way to, to save some money and sock it away, we can't do that. That's how normal people live. That's how people live in this country. And 6.8% is a huge deal. And remember what that means, by the way. Remember what 6.8% means. It means every single family, whether it's just him who works or just her who works, which is kind of weird, or both of them who work, but every single family in this country just got called into the office by their boss, and the boss said, "Uh, I know you didn't do anything wrong, but we are reducing your pay by 6.8%. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's a gigantic deal. This affects tens of of millions of lives. And what bothers me so, so much about it, and I'm going to try not to get myself revved up here, but now it's time to have a hard talk. What bothers me so much about it is the people reporting on it now don't understand that because they've never lived in that world. They don't know what it's like. But more, more than that, more than that, what bothers me so much is the people who caused it aren't going to feel it. I know you're probably going to feel 6.8%. Maybe you're not. I understand we have people of various uh, incomes who listen to the show. But what drives me insane is this. The politicians, the corporate America CEOs, the media people you see on television, the people you hear on the radio, they are almost universally wealthy. And I I don't begrudge anyone wealth. You know, I'm not, not dogging on them for that. What I begrudge people is this. When you're so well off that you start pushing policies you know will hurt lower income people because you know they won't hurt you. And now let's have that talk about inflation. I know what's fashionable right now on the right. I, You know what? Since inflation is the big news out there, I bet you... Since I'm the end of the day, I bet you almost every TV show and radio show you have heard today has come on the air and said, Joe Biden and his inflation. This is Joe Biden's inflation. I can't believe Joe Biden did this. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry, but no. Nope. Oh, did Joe Biden make it worse? Yes. Is he trying to make it much, much worse? No question about it. Yeah. Joe Biden sucks. We are not going to do the juvenile thoughtless thing where we just blame Joe Biden. We speak hard truths. You know what the hard truth is? We did this. As a nation, we did this. Here's what happened when coronavirus got here. When coronavirus got here, Americans, they chose to wrap their arms around and fully embrace 
the thing that has killed more people than coronavirus could ever dream of. They chose to embrace and follow the thing that has killed more people than cancer, car wrecks, or anything else combined. Do you know what the deadliest thing in the history of the world is? Do you want to know what the deadliest thing in the history of the world is? I'll tell you in just a second. First, let's talk about making sure we never as a nation fall into these same horrific traps again. Do you know how we do that? We teach people. We teach people about communism, about the proper role of government, about private property rights. We teach people how to think. We teach kids about entrepreneurship. And you know why we teach kids this? Because they are going to lead this nation when they grow up. They are the next leaders. So go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com and get your kids some books they will not only enjoy, books that will teach them to have the values you want them to have and to teach them to think about the economy in ways our media and our government couldn't possibly because they didn't grow up reading Tuttle Twins books. I don't care if your kid's a toddler or a teenager or anywhere in between. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com and that actually gets you 35% off. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. I see trouble on the way. I today am announcing that we are enacting a statewide indoor mask mandate unless a business has a vaccination mandate. Oh, no. (laughs) That's New York Governor. Kathy Hochul, and it is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email us throughout the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Back to what I was saying. You know what the deadliest thing in the world is? Because we're going to talk about inflation. Why do we really have it? I know the easiest thing right now is, Joe Biden, it's Biden's fault. Nope, we're not doing that. We're going to have an adult conversation. What's the deadliest thing in the world? Weakness. People think it's... Men or strength or, or, oh, no, 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 no. The deadliest thing in the world is weakness. If you look throughout history at the things that have caused the most death and misery, it can almost always be boiled down to fill in the blank was too weak to stop it. Here's the honest truth about it. And this is going to hurt me to say it as much as it's going to hurt you to hear it. We handled coronavirus about as badly as you could possibly handle anything. But there's a reason we did. You ever been out of shape? I know you've probably been out of shape at some point in time in your life. Maybe you're out of shape now. You ever have that moment when you're out of shape where you walk up a little flight of stairs and all of a sudden it's, <sighs> whew, hang on, got to sit down for a minute. You ever had that moment? It wasn't the flight of stairs that got you. It's just the flight of stairs is what revealed what you are now, what you got to improve. You see, coronavirus didn't wreck us. It just showed us who we are now. We have become, we don't have to stay this way, but we have become a soft, feminized, illogical, nutso society based completely on emotion and fear We've lost any mooring to our founding, to limited government. We've lost any mooring to 
our families. We've lost mooring to religion. We've lost mooring to every good and decent thing. And we didn't know it. You didn't know it. I didn't know it. But the day before coronavirus got to the shores of America, the truth is we were primed and ready for that walk up the stairs that was going to give us a heart attack. We just didn't know it yet. Coronavirus is a disease. It is a deadly one. There's no question about it. A deadly virus that came from China. No question it's killed a bunch of people. No question it will kill a bunch more. We're not saying, I would never say otherwise. But coronavirus is a virus well north of 99% of people survive from just fine. It's a virus. Young, healthy people are at no risk from at all. Children, the risk is virtually zero. Old people and fat people are uniquely affected by coronavirus. That's not a huge percentage of society. That doesn't mean we dismiss them. We do everything we can to treat it. We do everything we can to make sure they can be saved and fixed and live normal lives because they're just as valuable. But we don't stop a nation because a virus might kill old people or fat people. You don't stop a nation ever. You don't stop a nation for any reason. Look around you. Look around you. Every single thing you see. I don't even have to know what you're looking at right now. Unless you're listening to me in the mountains, which I realize is not abnormal for my audience. But unless you're listening to to me in the mountains, everything you see is a product of your economy. The economy is not the stock market. Oh, who cares about dollars and cents? We're saving people's lives. That hospital you're looking at, the economy paid for that. The doctors, nurses inside of it, the paved roads, the beautiful schools, the equipment, the the technology, the cars, the roof over your head, that air conditioning, the unlimited supply of clean drinking water. Every single thing you have in your life was provided for you by the economy. The economy is not just the blood. The economy is the heart that keeps this nation alive, that keeps every nation alive. You never, for any reason, I don't care if it was the Black Plague, you never point at your economy and say, stop. Oh, just just 15 days, guys. Never. If a nuclear bomb dropped on our 10 biggest cities tonight, you don't wake up tomorrow morning and say, everyone go home, no one work today, Uh, just a couple weeks. The show must go on. Always. Always. Why are we staring at inflation over 6%, 6.8% inflation? Why are families now having to make adjustments to their lifestyle? Oh, and by the way, there's plenty more inflation coming. So families, working people, working people are going to have to figure out ways to exist now with some kind of a standard of living going forward. Why is that happening? Here's why it's happening. We were a soft, we are a soft, feminized, illogical country And we allowed a new disease to well up this panic inside of us. And the second China puts out some propaganda videos showing Chinese people doing headers in the street after they die from coronavirus, everyone in America stood. Well, not everyone. I realize I might not be talking to you, but everyone stood up in this country and said, oh, my goodness. What if Aiden gets sick? What about Jaden? Maybe Braden, too. Uh, uh, government, daddy, government, help me. I don't want to die. No one should die, right? No one should die of anything ever. And you know what? And this is the hard part. 
Joe Biden wasn't president back then. Donald Trump was president back then. And the truth is, you can say now, and it's totally fair, because you know I'm not exactly anti-Trump, furthest thing in the world from it. You can say now, uh, it was a high-pressure time, nobody knew. Uh, Okay, yeah, but the buck has to stop somewhere. And the truth is, when coronavirus hit our shores, Dr. Fauci walked into Donald Trump's office and said, I think we need to shut down the United States of America for 15 days. And Donald Trump didn't say to him, you're fired. Don't even pack up your stuff. We'll pack it up for you and mail it to you. Donald Trump said, okay, sounds good, Doc. But I'm not putting it on Donald Trump. Not all on Donald Trump. It definitely is partially his fault. I'm not doing that. I'm not even putting it all on Dr. Fauci. From there... Well, from there, everyone continued to lose their minds. And I I know I just played for you, Governor Hochul. I don't mean to just pick on her, frankly. Today, to this day, people still have completely lost their minds. And we're about to pay. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I know, look, we're going to get to your questions, and I know this has been heavy, but it is the truth. Why? Why inflation? Why 6.8%? Why are we looking at more inflation still? Why are working people hurting? We made that decision when coronavirus got here, and as a nation, we panicked. And I understand, I do understand about the pile-on that came after. I understand Democrat mayors and governors purposely torpedoed their own economies in order, in order to hurt Donald Trump's reelection chances. I get that. How horrible were, Repu- were Republicans, though? People have asked me, I've had several people ask me before, why am I so hard on Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas? I'm in Texas. Why am I so hard on Greg Abbott, the governor here? Uh, I understand it's election season and everyone wants everyone to forget. I remember Greg Abbott making public declarations of how many people are allowed inside restaurants as if he was a god. I'm sorry. I blame. I hold people accountable, Republicans and Democrats. No mayor, no governor has the authority to tell you your job isn't essential. They don't even have the authority, let alone are they morally right to do so. We as a nation decided we were going to behave like the communist Chinese when we got sick. We were just going to stop an economy and then, up, oh, uh-oh, uh, I guess I didn't see this coming, but I guess people do have to pay bills. Uh, let's, start, let's start passing massive spending bills through Congress, and we'll just hand out government checks. That'll fix it, right, guys? Oh, no. Oh, it looks like we're still hurting from stopping the economy. Oh, I have an idea. I have an idea, everyone. Let's print trillions of dollars, trillions, and we'll just chuck it at the economy like a monkey throwing its poop. And then two years later, I'm supposed to look at inflation numbers and go, oh, dang. How'd that happen? Must be Joe Biden. Sorry, no. I'm sorry, no. Yes, Joe Biden is responsible for making it worse, and he will continue to make it worse. Trillions of dollars was just flushed down the crapper under Donald Trump's presidency, under Mitch McConnell's Senate. Don't even get me started on the various Republican governors. You cannot stop an economy ever. 
and you definitely don't stop one and then start blowing through a bunch of cash. There are still more dire consequences coming from this. Did you hear this story about mental health and kids from yesterday? Remember when we talked about that? Kids are just mentally wrecked. We have cancer cases through the roof. Ask your doctor why. I've asked several doctors why. You want to know why? We shut down everything that wasn't about coronavirus. What's the key? What's the key to beating cancer? Early detection. We weren't even checking for it because of coronavirus. It's a virus that attacks fat people when we close the gyms. We did this. We did this. And what did you get out of it? What did you get? Where are you now? This, this is the Surgeon General of the United States of America. Masks. Are you saying now that if you're with people that you don't know, we should go back routinely to wearing a mask indoors? Well, certainly what we've been saying actually since the summertime is that if you are vaccinated or unvaccinated, but gathered with people outside your household in indoor spaces, that wearing a mask is the recommended step to take to help reduce the potential for spread. It protects you, but it also protects the people around you. Oh, so all that worked out right then. Oh, I mean, well, actually, you know what? That's unfair. Saying saying none of this stuff worked out, it's, it's that's out of line. That's completely out of line. There are some people this thing has worked out very well for. Here's Pfizer's CEO. Do you predict that we're going to end up seeing fourth doses, fifth doses? If we have to make a guess based on everything I have seen so far, I would say that likely will be needed annual revaccinations to maintain very robust and very, very high level of of course, annual vaccinations. Of course. And again, what, what did you get out of this? What did you actually get? Where, where did we end up here? I mean, I, you know, 75, 80% of the country got vaccinated, did the social distancing, lost their businesses, mental health problems, the kids are all screwed up. Where did it get you? Here's where it got you. I today am announcing that we are enacting a statewide indoor mask mandate unless a business has a vaccination mandate. Statewide vaccination mandate. Statewide. For one of, if not the most important state in the United States of America. That's, of course, New York's Governor Hochul. It is time to be honest about why we are where we are. Why are we here? How did we get here? The truth is we got here because we were soft, weak, feminized. We lost our way as a nation, and we were primed for panic. We were primed for panic. And I want you to think about this. And this is not a – I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make sure everyone understands how much improving we have to do. That was for a virus that over 99% of the people survive. What if the next one's worse? You know there's always a new disease. I mean, you do understand there are diseases out there like the plague that have wiped out 50% of the population before. What would this country do then? I've watched things that I never thought possible take place in the United States of America in response to coronavirus. I have been stunned by the instant call for control 
and in some cases, violence. Remember, I just told you about that teacher in Pennsylvania who said, I hope you get sick, lose your job, and die if you, if you don't take the vaccine. And it's not as if that teacher is an isolated incident. How many videos have you seen online of some dude chasing a woman around the supermarket, screaming at her about a mask? How many people have you seen out there say, we should lock them up in camps? I remember, I think it was two weeks ago, someone came out and said publicly, get the shot or get shot. This is for a virus with over 99% survivability. What would this nation descend into if another black plague came here? I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to imagine what we would do to ourselves. It would be bad. I guarantee you that. We have got to now. We must resolve to do better. And look, that'll be an easier conversation to have now going forward simply because of the pain that's coming, because of the inflation that's coming. We haven't even talked about the commercial real estate bubble that's coming in a while. I work in a skyscraper in Houston. That's where the studios are here. I don't know how many floors are on this thing, 40, 50, I don't know. It's big. It's the tall skyscraper. You know what I show up to every single day as I'm getting ready to get on the elevator and come up to the studio? You know what I show up to every single day now? Movers hauling out desks and cabinets and computers and supplies. You see, I believe there are five floors now that are occupied in the entire building. That's not a Houston problem. That's a New York problem. That's an L.A. problem. That's a Chicago. That's an America problem. If all those big fancy buildings you're looking out at right now, if they all decide to empty and the rent don't get paid, well, if the rent don't get paid, the mortgage don't get paid. And if the mortgage don't get paid, the bank doesn't stay open. How about a banking crisis on top of all this? I, I'm, I'm going to get to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions next. I know that was a lot, especially for a Friday. But I want, I want people to understand where inflation came from. It is the most low IQ, laziest thing in the world to say, Joe Biden. That's not true. I just told you where it came from. All right. One last thing on inflation. As I have just elaborated, it's not going to stop. I mean, it doesn't stop at 6.8. It's not like we're at 6.8 and now they're, they're turning things around, baby. Let's tighten, let's tighten our belt on money. Call Oxford Gold Group before they destroy every dollar you have. Look, and I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest. I love Oxford Gold Group, and I love their reputation, how, the, how they treat people. I think it's wonderful. I wish I didn't have to tell you to call Oxford Gold Group. I wish the value of the dollar was going up. That, that's what I wish. It's not, and there's no indication it's going to. So you need to call Oxford Gold Group and have them deliver gold to your front door so you make sure you have something of value in your hands always, at all times. Oxford Gold Group, call them now, 833-995-GOLD, and tell them Jesse told you to call. They'll take special care of you. 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. Get gold delivered to your home. You're listening to the Oracle. You're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. But at the end of the day, we've always found ways to come together. We can find that unity again. 
Then the message said, end of message. <laughs> it wasn't just that he read it. It was that he read it and tried to put that voice inflection on it. Like, end of message. <laughs> Gosh. Well, that's the leader of the free world. We're doing fine. <laughs> it's the Jesse Kelly Show. Quick reminder, if you miss any part of the show, go download it at iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. It makes me laugh. Uh, there are there's well over a thousand of them by now, and it's just the stupidest, most ridiculous thing in the world. One of the funniest things that consistently happens to me is when people, people I know, they'll go to download the podcast or check out the podcast or whatever it may be, and they'll text me because they don't listen to the show. They'll text me and they'll say, have you seen the reviews? Everyone's talking about your looks. I thought it was a radio show. <laughs> it's so dumb. I love it. All right. It's finally time for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. That's enough of that. Let's get to some questions. Dear Jesse, what do you think the outcome of the war in Russia in World War II if Hitler would have captured Moscow, routing Stalin and his cabinet out of their capital? Says I can use his name. His name is Case. Okay, well, let's well first of all, let's give everyone a little background here because I realize not everybody is a total history nerd the way I'm a history nerd. World War II. Something to keep in mind in World War II. It's it's a big point of pride World War II is with with Americans as it should be. That that was quite it was quite a thing our country did in World War II. But when it comes to the whole Nazi thing, yes, we fought Nazis, D-Day, Normandy, Battle of but we 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 did. We put in a lot of blood. We, we buried people over there. Seven out of eight Nazis killed in World War II were killed by the Soviets. I'm not saying that to disparage America. I'm saying that so everyone understands you don't necessarily get, it's so hard to get honest history anymore about anything. That's, that's why I'm looking forward to starting my history podcasts again as soon as the studio gets built. We're, we talk honest history here. And so what happened? Why did it happen? Well, let's again, I realize this is a this is going to be basic information for people who know, but a lot of people don't know. So let's make sure everyone's on the same page here. Hitler and Stalin hated each other. Hitler hated communism, Stalin hated Nazism, which is funny because they're both equally hateable, but but either way they hated each other. The ethnic arguments over Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, Soviet Union, they, they go back a long, long ways. There's a lot of hatred naturally built in there. And it's not just Jew hatred. It's not just anti-Semitism. I mean, there's the Poles, there's the Ukrainians, there's I mean, there's a big Slavic thing. There's a, they all hate each, they all have different reasons to despise each other, to despise each other. But one thing Hitler and Stalin both did agree on was, well, we both hate Poland. Let's spit roast Poland. And so they came up with this crazy agreement, and it's unbelievable that Stalin was so stupid as to believe that Hitler would abide by this. But basically, Hitler said, okay, well, look, I'll take the western part of of Poland. You take the eastern part of Poland. And look, what's the world going to do about it? And boom, it happens. Uh, It didn't stay that way. You see, Hitler always had his eyes on the Soviet Union. 
he hated them. He thought they were subhumans, and it wasn't just because of the Jews. He just thought the people in the Soviet Union were just filth. And plus, there were a lot of Jews there, and you know Hitler uh, was not a big fan, to put it mildly. So Hitler chooses to launch an insane invasion of the Soviet Union. He actually had three different army groups. Now, here's what I mean by that. See, I don't want this is I gotta paint this picture for radio. Just picture the border of the Soviet Union, the western border. And no, you don't need to know the specifics. You're not looking at a globe. Just you know, there's a big long western border of the Soviet Union, right? Okay, it's a long border. He had Army Group A in the north, Army Group B in the middle, and Army Group C in the south. He had three different gigantic armies, all these divisions that he was going to pour into the Soviet Union. And he did. And I think I think it gets oversold a little bit about how disastrous it was for the Nazis. And when I say that, hear me out here. It was disastrous for the Nazis. It did lose them the war. Invading Soviet Union did lose them the war. They lost just a countless number of troops. And then the devastation that the Soviets did to Germans and the German people when they came back and invaded Germany was unspeakable. I mean, it was terrible stuff. So, yes, all that stuff's true. But we do act like when we talk about this, we act like the Nazis didn't really accomplish anything in the Soviet Union and they just got dominated. That is not true at all. The Nazis were routinely surrounding gigantic Soviet armies and decimating them all. I mean, they would just surround them and then just pound them into the ground with artillery and just destroy, I mean, carnage like you've never seen. To this day, there are seas of bones over there in the Soviet Union from these, from these wars, from these battles. Moscow was a big deal to the Soviets, obviously. He starts heading to, Mos- uh, to Moscow. Now, obviously not Hitler himself. He was always sitting back sipping champagne somewhere while other people were freezing to death and dying. But they start heading towards Moscow. And it was going to be a really, really, really big deal. Potentially war-winning big deal if Hitler did take Moscow. Moscow's that important. Remember, your country, yours included, mine included, your country can only take so many blows before it goes down. That's just a fact. No, that's not even me making a Kamala Harris joke at all. That, just You know what I'm saying. Eventually you go down. Moscow might have taken down the Soviet Union. Stalin, he turned to somebody. He turned to somebody who should probably be a household name in the, in the world. Frankly, definitely in the United States of America, this guy should be a household name. And yet, if you were to go out on the street and you were to ask 10 people if they knew who this guy was, probably none of them would know who this guy was. Do you want to know who the greatest general in World War II was? I know you're tempted to say Patton, who you know I adore. It actually was not Patton. It was someone I'm going to tell you about next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And we I'm currently in the middle of answering a history question. Someone asked if Hitler had captured Moscow, what would have happened? Would that have won the war? I'm getting to that in a second, but I teased something. Who's the greatest World War II general? Now I know you want to say Patton. I mean, maybe, maybe maybe if you're a different type, you'd say MacArthur or someone like that. I'm not personally not a big MacArthur fan, but whatever, to each his own. That's just a personal opinion. The greatest World War II general was Zhukov. He was just masterful. And Stalin knew he was masterful, and he sent Zhukov to prepare Moscow to fight the Nazis. And he did. Now, he was brutal about it. Don't get me wrong. He was not soft and cuddly. He was brutal about it. And the people of Moscow, I'll put it to you this way. At one point in time, they were eating the paint off the walls. They, they had long ago eaten their pets. They were down to eating their shoes, the leather of their shoes. You've never known misery like that. But they did win. And the answer to the question, that was a long-winded way of trying to answer that question. The answer to the question is, 
I do think the Nazis beat the Soviets if Moscow falls. I, I think it. I think that may have been too far. I, I think if Moscow falls, you may have finally seen a situation where Stalin gets taken down because that's how that happens a lot, right? If Stalin gets taken down by a coup attempt, so they can surrender to the Nazis, something like that. All right, now it's time for this. Hey, Maestro. Not that we needed any more evidence. But the lack of coverage on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial shows us that the corporate news media is nothing more than a propaganda arm of the DNC. A clear-cut case of self-defense got wall-to-wall coverage for the entirety of the trial, but a potential child sex trafficking ring involving a large number of elites in ruling class gets nothing. Strange. P.S. Once America divorces and establishes the free state of Kelly, I'm sure that you will control the entertainment industry, assuming you direct it, who will play Jesse Kelly in your biopic? Well, let's let's address actually the important question first, the one about me. I've thought about this a lot. Who's going to what, Chris? It's fine. I've thought about this a lot. Who's going to play me in the major blockbuster movie about my life? And I'll be frank with you. I never came up with a good explanation. I think I think I would have to play myself. What, Chris? Who else could who else would be better at me than me? What? Chris said, what about younger you? They have all kinds of fancy computer stuff now. They can do that. They can do that. Look, for a younger me, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, some kind of mixture of Clint Eastwood and Brad Pitt or what, Chris? Some kind of, some kind of, some kind of mixture like that. That's who would probably have to play me. But back to the, uh, the honest question, the serious question, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Let's, let's have a talk. And this is just. It, it, I understand you listen with your kids. I understand there are kids listening. So there, I'm going to be real sensitive how I talk about this because there are kids listening of, of different ages. And I always remember I'm a bad person, but I will always do a show you can listen to with your family. Always. There's, you're never going to have to worry about me dropping things on here you can't say in front of your kids. I just I won't do it. The abuse of children by wealthy, powerful men. Actually, forget about just kids. The abuse, especially gross, really gross abuse in that way of women and children by wealthy, powerful men, it's not a new phenomenon. It is the entire history of the world. It is the entire history of the world. If you want to do a little history research, and believe me, I am not going to elaborate on this at all, so you're going to have to go look it up yourself, go look up... Go do an internet search for the term Tiberius, boys, and minnows. Okay? That's all I'm going to tell you. All I'm saying is, again, the, the terms are Tiberius, boys, and minnows. Go ahead, go, ahead and, go ahead and look that up. Now, pause there for a second. Wealthy, powerful men abusing boys, abusing women. I know, Chris. I know Chris looked it up. You shouldn't have looked that up on the company computer, pal. Abusing women and abusing men is the history of the world. Uh, we, it's, This is not just a men thing. This is just human beings are fallen and depraved, and people have a very, very difficult time controlling themselves when they have access to things even gross things. They have a very difficult time controlling themselves. I mean, do you uh, do you do cocaine? 
I, I hope the answer is no, right? I, I, honestly, I hope the answer is no. I, I don't do cocaine either myself. What if, what if you showed up every single day and there was a gigantic pile of cocaine on your desk? Now, I know what you're thinking right now. I would never touch it. It's a horrible drug. It's dangerous. It'll kill you. And yes, you're right. It's, it's all those things. I agree. You're, you're right. You're right. What if every single day I showed up in the studio and there was just a big pile of cocaine there? No one yelling about it. No one, no cops. No HR department doesn't have anything to say. Just a big old pile, a big old pile of booger sugar right there on the desk. You're telling me I'd never try it? You see what I mean? Human nature is what it is. Wealthy, powerful men, well, just wealth in general. What do we always say? Wealth gives you access. Access to what? Everything. Cars, women, planes, food, uh, access to better health care, access to more comfortable clothes, better beds, better everything. Just wealth gives you access to everything. What am I, where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is this. This lady is on trial. And from the things we already know about the things Jeffrey Epstein did and now the, some of the names that are coming out in the trial, Ghislaine Maxwell is, her trial is a window into a very, very dark world people don't want to think about. They don't want to know that it exists, but it not only exists, it has always existed. There is a dark world of power and money out there where women and children are abused routinely. And remember, wealth gives you access. It also gives you access to people who will make sure that truth never comes out so you don't look bad. That's the honest truth of it. It's not some miracle why the Ghislaine Maxwell trial isn't leading the news every single day. The men who run these major news organizations, they're extremely, extremely wealthy, very powerful men. And if they weren't personally involved, and I'm not accusing anyone because I don't know. I was never on those planes, by the grace of God. If they weren't, if they weren't personally involved, almost undoubtedly they know somebody who was. And they cover it up. I, I get this. I get this email a lot of why won't more people talk about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? I mean, remember, remember, we had an ABC reporter on camera. This was one of those captured scenes. It didn't go on the air, but on camera, saying she had a witness who brought forth all kinds of evidence, and she said, and I quote, "We had Clinton." That is the still very much alive former president of the United States of America. We have an ABC reporter on camera saying she had everything she needed to directly tie him to an international trafficking ring. And nobody cared. No, I mean, it was out of the news in 15 minutes. Nobody cared. And so I know this is a very, very cynical way to look at the world. What I'm about to say is a really cynical way to look at the world. And look, I, I don't love being cynical. Maybe it's not right. I don't know. But this, this is correct, what I'm about to say. I care about this because I care about women and kids. But this has always existed, and it will always exist. This will always be the state of things. 
It will always be the state of things. We should always go after it. We should always try to expose it. We should always try to get justice for those who justice doesn't just come to. It should be something we're all passionate about, but I'm not naive to the state of things. I know that now, yesterday, forever, the state of things will be wealthy, powerful men abusing women and children across the, across the globe. Across the globe, and people—I mean, uh, people care. I'm not saying you don't care. I know you care about kids. I know you care about women. I—I I, I understand that. But oftentimes, people don't want to talk about it because they simply don't want to think about this dark world that exists around them. I mean, you don't—you don't want to think about how many people around you right now are drug dealers. How many? How many child predators live in your area? You ever gone to one of those uh, registration? websites and put in your zip code. It's not a fun thing. You you don't want to think about it. I'm not even recommending you do it, but that's the reality of life. That is the reality of life. All right. We have more Ask Dr. Jesse questions here on the Jesse Kelly Show. We will get to them in just a second. But first, Christmas time is here. How about a brand new iPhone for your loved one? Do you know right now? If you dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, Pure Talk can get you a brand new iPhone 12 starting at just $479. And yes, if you're in the mood, they have iPhone 13s too. Oh, they're on the same network as the big guys. The average family saves over $800 a year. In a time of inflation like this, that's incredible. So from your cell phone... Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and that'll save you an additional 50% off the first month. Plus, you get to save on a new phone. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Remember, some restrictions apply. You have to call for details. Also, understand this. They're a patriotic company. Stop throwing your money away to mobile companies that are filth. Go to Pure Talk. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. He doesn't care if you believe him. But he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Chris, uh, once again, before we get into more Ask Dr. Jesse questions, I just think, you know, out of, out of the out of the, the sense of patriotism I know that you have and I have, I think I think we should once again hear from the leader of the free world. But at the end of the day. We've always found ways to come together. We can find that unity again. Then the message said, end of message. <laughs> oh gosh. Back to the questions. No, you know what? Pause one second before I get back to the questions again. You've heard me say this before, and I'll say this again. What is wrong with Jill Biden? How could you allow your husband to continually embarrass himself in front of the in front of the free world? It, it, it must be it must be nice being the first lady. I'll just put it to you that way. It must be real, real nice. Gosh, that's embarrassing. Dear wise beyond your years, Oracle. I'm a fairly traditional Jew who's always been conservative, but I'm getting bloodier and bloodier red as I witness the horror, the daily destruction of the most amazing country that has ever existed. I agree with what your campaign manager said about the Jewish vote. Keep in mind, uh, I yesterday someone asked me, 
why do most Jews in America vote Democrat? Uh, I explained all that yesterday. It, it's all on the podcast. I heart Google, Spotify, and iTunes. I think it's about halfway through the show, Chris, if I remember. Give or take about halfway through the show. I'm not going to go into it right now. Anyway. But don't forget that the Russian Empire, from which the ancestors of most of today's American Jews fled, was murderously anti-Semitic. Pause there one second. People don't realize that about how evil the Russian Empire was, and then after them, the Soviets were. I mean, people people think this, well, think about the Soviets, and Jews get blamed for communism a lot, which Chris even frankly does, and he's wrong. I've explained that before. But remember this. Stalin was building gulags for Jews when he died. Jews were, they would suffer horrible pogroms in Russia. It's part of the reason so many of them wanted to flee back to the homeland of Israel. It was a big, big, big deal back then. Yeah, the, the, it wasn't just Germany out there hating on the Jews. Trust me, a lot of Jews suffered a really, really ugly fate in Russia. All right, back. Don't forget that the Russian Empire, from which the ancestors of most of today's American Jews fled, was murderously anti-Semitic. Opposing the Russian government in 1900 basically meant joining some kind of radical leftist anarchist revolutionary group. It was simply the only avenue available to fight the hateful incitement and pogroms. Oh, there you go, pogroms. So the great-grandparents of most of today's American Jews were likely some kind of commie, and many of them brought those views with them to the U.S. Basically, many of us had a Bernie Sanders for a grandfather. One of mine was a rabid communist, but Stalin turned his son, my dad, to the right. Many Jews have not yet made the full journey beyond Bernieism, although most are not nearly as extreme as he is, even as they continue to inhabit a leftist fantasy land. This is a very good email. Love your show. My son and I miss your history stories terribly. They were the highlight of our day. Also, believe it or not, I missed the music of the old show. I thought it was great. By the way, I'm a retired Foreign Service officer, and if you do read this on the air, you can use my name. His name is Jason from Maryland. That's an excellent email, Jason. Once again, on the history stories for, for the new listeners, I've only been doing this a few years. When we started, I mean, I understand that's just absurd that we've only been doing this a few years and here we are. But when we started, it was just a one-hour show on the great KPRC here in Houston at 7 o'clock at night. And... I'd never done any media before, certainly never had a radio show or anything like that. So I didn't know what what to really do, what to really say. I, I can do the same thing everyone else does. Here's a headline. Here's my thoughts on it. Here's a headline. Here's my thoughts on it. But I thought that was kind of repetitive and boring. Not that we don't want to talk about the news of the day and how we should think about it, but isn't that kind of repetitive and boring? Here's a headline. Here's what I think. Here's I, I think that's kind of what everyone does. It's kind of boring. So I thought, well... I love history. I bet other people love history. You know, you always assume other people love the things you love. So I started opening every single show with a history story. And that was back when it was a one-hour show. So I would try to do a history story in something like 15, 20 minutes. We'd just do a history story and then talk about politics. And there's another reason I would do so many history stories. I detest how history is presented these days. It is. It has gone a long way to poisoning the minds of so many Americans. It, honestly, your kid learns to hate his America, learns to hate America as much in his high school history class as he does at that communist university. The way history is presented is so anti-American. America sucks. White people are evil. It is just a, a dreadful way to present history. 
I don't present history in that way. I decided I'd start doing my own research and just try to give it to you the truth right between the eyes. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. So we started expanding that when the show got longer, and I began the first hour of every show was a history story. No, not really any politics, just history. And we went all across the globe in various time periods and different battles. And by the way, if any of this interests you at all, they're all still on the show feed on iTunes. If you go to iTunes, it's uh, Lessons from History. Chris used to separate out the history portion. So if you've never heard them, they're all on there. And there's a bunch of them. There's got to be a hundred of them on there, Chris. There's a bunch of them on there. So they're all still on there. Now, since this show changed format and now it's you know mega national now, I don't do that anymore, more for time reasons than anything else. Because in order to do, in my opinion, in order to do an appropriate history story about something big, I need three or four hours to actually prepare for that. And I just, you know, my shows on the first TV every night at 9 p.m. Eastern. I've, I've, I just simply don't, there aren't enough hours in the day. I'm not complaining. I don't have a hard job. I just don't have the time. I don't have the time to do it. That's all the bad news. The good news is this. When the new studio gets built, and they're still building it, all the supply chain problems. I mean, who knows when the daggone thing's going to be a month or two, I would guess. I don't know. They're building me some fancy new studio. When it actually gets built, it's going to afford me the time to do something I've been wanting to do. You hear me talk about history all the time anyway, and I always will. But I'm going to do a separate history podcast hopefully once a week when the new studio gets built. And we'll get to do it the right way, again, the way we've always wanted. So I know the the people who were listeners back then missed the history segments. Again, I don't have – that's a long way of saying you got to go listen to the old stuff, and I can't give you new stuff quite yet, but it is coming. I love it. I love it so much I would never give it up. At least rest assured there, I'll never give it up. All right, back to your emails. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. That song's a little dark, Chris, don't you think? Remember they stopped playing it? The Rolling Stones stopped playing it for a while. Uh, I think it was Mick Jagger. The song, by the way, in case you're wondering, it's called Sympathy for the Devil. I don't know that we need to play that song on the show, Chris. It is a very, very good song. Uh, I think it was Mick Jagger, after someone got killed at one of their concerts during the playing of that song, said, I think this is his exact quote, I don't remember, he said, something funny always happens when we play that number. Yes, that was the concert where the Hells Angels were working security and the Hells Angels. I did not realize. I mean, I guess I should have realized it. I just didn't think about it. I guess I didn't know the Hells Angels were uh, extremely a racist organization. I knew they were just a, a, a criminal biker gang. I get that. But I did not realize they hated black dudes. And there was a black dude there that didn't like. I just look. My time in the biker gangs has been admittedly very brief. All right, I'm, I can't keep track of everyone's prejudices. <laughs> so I want you to listen to this real quick before we get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I want to know who this guy is who's telling people don't go to L.A. My message to anybody considering coming to Los Angeles, especially during the holiday season, is don't. We can't guarantee your safety. It, it is really, really out of control. Um, you know, I said it to people before. It's like that movie Purge. You know, instead of 24 hours to commit your crime, these bad people have 365 days to commit whatever they want. Who is this guy? Who is this fear monger telling people don't go to Los Angeles? Hang on. Let me look up who this is. Oh, that's a detective with the Los Angeles Police Department. 
Which leads me to my next question. Dear Great Oracle, I heard you say many times we need a national divorce, and I fully understand why. I know there are some places where it will be a nice, clean divorce, but what do you think will happen in my state of North Carolina and other states like it? North Carolina used to be almost entirely blood red, but now much of the state has become very mixed as we have been very heavily targeted by commie states for the exportation of their insane ideology. Do you think during a national divorce, states like North Carolina will become a literal battleground state? All right, a couple things. One, I feel like North Carolina is a secret, and every single person listening in North Carolina right now is going to hate my guts for giving out that secret. North Carolina is stupid cool. It is an awesome state, and I I feel like it's something people don't know about. I mean, everyone right now will talk about Florida. But everyone knows about Florida. Yeah, Florida is the bomb. Everybody knows about that. People don't know how amazing North Carolina is. I vacation there tons of times. Raleigh, sick city. Charlotte, Charlotte has the coolest airport in the United States of America. No, Chris, if you were in it, you'd understand what I'm talking about. Granted, I haven't been there in a little while. Maybe all the COVID stuff messed it up. But their restaurant and bar scene is absurd. On long stretches of the Charlotte airport, they have white rocking chairs, white rocking chairs lining the halls. So you can just sit down in an, like a wooden rocking chair like you'd buy in, a, in an Amish furniture store and just sit and, and charge your phone in a rocking chair. What, Chris? How big is Charlotte's airport? It's not mega. It's midsize, which is probably part of the reason it's still you know cool. But it is a really cool place. North Carolina is a cool place. All right, back to your question. I realize I need to answer the question. For those who are new, I talk a lot about how we need a national divorce. And let me let me clarify why I think that, and I'll, and I'll get to where we're going here. The only point in becoming a country or a, a tribe, it doesn't even have to be a big country like ours. Let's, let's just make it a tribe. The only reason you would form a tribe, let's say there's 100 of us, is we share common values. Oh, okay, you have the you have the same values I do. Doesn't mean you're just like me or anything like that, but you we share the same basic values. Okay, well let's let's come together. We'll form a tribe because we share the same values. We'll have more safety and prosperity if we choose to live and work with each other. Let's work with each other. That's the only reason to have a nation as well that expands nationally. The only point in having a country is the safety and prosperity it provides you and you have people who believe in the same things living together. But what if you don't believe in the same things? What if you believe in polar opposite things? Well, why are you together anymore? I've used the example before, and it, it, honestly, it's, a, it's stupid, but it's true. We are now, as a nation, we are the married couple. And he... He wants to move to the suburbs, white picket fence. He wants kids to go to school, church on Sunday, good family values, you know, all that stuff. She, she wants to go tour Europe with rock bands and do black tar heroin for the rest of her life. There's no middle ground there. They could find middle ground if, okay, she wants the kids and, uh, and good schools, maybe church on Sunday, but I, can we at least live in a city instead of the suburbs? Okay, they can come together and work something out. There's no working something out with the person who wants to go do heroin with the rock band. They have to divorce. I know, this is why I call it a divorce too, I know that's ugly 
and uncomfortable, and it will hurt people. There's no question. I'm not naive to that. But I also believe for the good of ourselves and the kids, we should. I also know we're not going to. What my dream might what my dream has always been is hey, let's just get together and acknowledge we hate each other. We I look, I I hate communists and communism. I despise everything about it. And I'm not stupid. I know they feel the exact same way about me. Everything I will, everything I love, they despise. Okay, look, that sucks, but why are we living together then? Why don't we just go our separate ways? Why don't the leaders of each side come sit down at a big table, get some neutral arbitrators in there just like you would in a divorce, and let's start dividing up the house and the kids and the uh, okay and the nuclear weapons. <laughs> in all seriousness, the, the debt, let's, let's sit down and let's go our separate ways so we're not tearing at each other's throats all the time. And I am worried about violence. I am genuinely worried where we are headed as a nation. I don't want to see a single person get hurt. No one. And I'm telling you, we are heading to a really ugly place as they continue to ramp things up. That's only going to create an equal and opposite reaction on the right of ramping things up. Everything's ramping up. No one's winding it down. And I don't want that. I don't want that. I've seen plenty of blood and death. I don't want that. I think we should get a divorce. Now back to answer your question. States like North Carolina, brother, it's my it's something that takes place in my mind. I don't know. And here's what happens when you have a, a cool state like North Carolina. People will get possessive over it the same way they would in a divorce. You'll get people on the right and the left that'll say, We're not giving them North Carolina. We're not giving them anything. That's ours. Brother, we're getting a divorce. I don't know about you. I, I know plenty of friends. I have plenty of people in my life who've been through divorce. Maybe you've been through one yourself. Maybe you have. No judgment here. No, no judgment. Maybe you've been through one. And you know what? Almost all my, my buddies who've been through them, you know what almost all of them had in common at one point in time? She's not getting the kids. I'm, not, I'm taking the kids, and she, she's never getting my dog. Yeah, she is. She's going to get the kids half the time. She might get the dog. Divorce is ugly. It's terrible. It, it it hurts people. Nevertheless, that's what happens. The same thing's going to happen in a national one. We're going to have to give up states. You never wanted to give up. You're going to have to give up things. You don't want those dirty commies to have. And I don't blame you. But if it was fun, it'd be called a theme park. Instead, it's called divorce. It's not fun. Dear Shogun Mediguns, I checked social media today to see neoconservatives are beating the war drums over the current Russia-Ukraine escalation. What do you think the prime motivating factor is for these people? Having never served like most of them, my general disposition is that there needs to be more pressing threat to the U.S. There needs to be a more pressing threat than the U.S. losing credibility. What are my thoughts? Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you my thoughts on why people do this. Why, why, are, why do you see this? And you see this a lot from the right, actually. Not so much from the left, but you do see it a lot from the right. And I will explain why that is. It's actually something I really, really despise. I'll explain what that, why that is in just a second. But first, let's talk about your time. Your time is worth a lot. Is it not? Don't you value your time? It's the holiday season. I know what it's like. I got to go down to, to the post office. I got to get to UPS. I got to. 
why don't you just go to stamps.com? They let you compare rates, print labels. You get exclusive discounts at not only the post office, at UPS all year long. You want, you want to make life easier for your business, whether you're a huge warehouse, maybe a tiny boutique shop, go to stamps.com. You get it all. It's all super served for you, and it saves you time. Because right now, when you go to stamps.com, use the promo code JESSE, you get a four-week free trial, free postage at Christmas time, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code JESSE. You value your time, so value your time. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And Chris asked a question during the break. I'll get back to my other thing here in a second about Russia and Ukraine and why do neoconservatives love war so much in these things. Chris asked who the leaders would be if we had to sit down and have a divorce. Well, I'm one of them. What, Chris? I know what not. Don't roll your eyes. I would need to be one of them. I'll tell you. I don't think political leaders should be involved at all. I don't think they should be involved at all. You can't trust these slimy politicians. Back to the question. The guy wrote a question. And remember, it's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You can email during the show if you want. Chris is checking the emails. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Ask me anything. The guy was asking about neoconservatives and beating the war drums in Russia and Ukraine. People on the right, they do love America. Let's just set the commies aside for a second. We know Democrats now hate the United States of America. They do. They want it brought to its knees. They hate the country. Let's set them aside for a minute. People on the right love America. Part of loving America has traditionally been being very proud of the fact our military is not only number one, that our military has saved the world from things like Nazism. It saved Asia from being ruled by the Imperial Japanese Empire, which was not a pleasant experience if you ever look into the things the Japanese did to the people they took over. And so we look on that with a lot of pride, understandably so. It's good. Be proud of your military. Be proud of your veterans. You know how proud I am. That has translated into wanting to be the police of the world, wanting to make sure everything works out well, it, 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 you know what it is? This is, a great, this is a great example. This is what it is. You ever see when you were in school, let's go back to your school days. Let's call it high school, grade school, whatever the case may be. You ever see two boys have a fight? Maybe you got in that fight yourself. Maybe you watched that fight. You ever have a fight? There have been plenty of them. What's one thing you almost always see when a couple boys meet out behind the gym and let's just trade some punches here and work this situation out? You almost always see at least one, if not several, of the women saying, Stop fighting, guys! Stop it! Oh, we hit him! Stop it! It's awful. I know you remember it. I remember it. It's the most annoying part of the fight isn't even getting hit in the face. It's the women who won't shut up while you're trying to have a fight. But what's going on there? Human nature is, I don't want anyone to fight. I want things to calm down. And so people on the right, because they want peace, which is a good thing to want. You think you can have peace by America just making sure no one fights, no one invades everywhere. But that's not how the world actually works. 
I, there's, it's, it's a saying as old as time that peace is only found on the other side of war. I don't know who came up with that, so I'm going to act like I did. But the truth is, that's how it works. We look at Russia and Ukraine, and we immediately think we should step in and make sure nobody fights. Don't fight, guys. Why? Why is this our business? Why is this our business? And look, if you say we should do things like sanctions or stuff like that that doesn't put our troops at risk, fine. Fine. Why why are we on the side of Ukraine, too? I realize we don't love Russia, but again, someone explain to me what I'm getting out of this deal. We're not dealing with uh, Israel here, who's been a close ally, especially with sharing intelligence forever. What is Ukraine giving me? Anyone? And I'm not anti-Ukraine. Keep the, keep in mind, I'm not anti-Ukraine. I, I I love I like Ukraine. I actually love that part of Europe. I think it's a really really cool part of Europe. And I'm certainly not pro Russia. But no one can seem to articulate for me why I have to choose a side in this at all. But more than anything else, you want to know why people beat the war drums. You want to know why they do? Because they've never been at an airport at a military installation. They've never been at a military installation when the Husband has to kiss his wife and his young kids goodbye, and they've never had to sit and watch as a young boy clings to his father's leg and says, Daddy, don't go. They've never watched it, and they've never, ever, ever watched the scene. They've never watched it in person. I guarantee you that. They've never watched the scene where Daddy comes back in a coffin, and that young boy grows up without a dad. Because understand something, every single time I hear one of these scumbag politicians like Mitt Romney say, we need boots on the ground, let's invade. I mean, Lindsey Graham wants to invade everywhere on the planet. You know what I think to myself? I think, look at this chicken hawk with no skin in the game and no care for that dad or that child or that wife at all. I have no problem, no issue, if you think the United States of America should go to war. I have a major issue if you think the United States of America should go to war and you're not there or maybe you're maybe you're too old, fine. Send your sons. Why has no Romney son been able to locate a military recruiting office in the United States of America? Not one. And yet Mitt Romney wants to invade everywhere on the planet. Did they get lost? If, if Look, Chris, you can reach out if you want. If the family needs directions to the local recruiting office, I'm happy to give it out. And again, you can be anti-war, you can be pro-war, but if you're pro-war, you better be over there getting shot at. People have a lot of problems with Teddy Roosevelt, and I have a lot of problems with Teddy Roosevelt. He was way too big government for me, although he's like the coolest president ever. I, I, truth is, I love Teddy Roosevelt, but policy-wise, I didn't like him that much. And one of the things people will bring up about Teddy Roosevelt is uh, how he really was an imperialist. He wanted America as an expansion. He believed in that kind of stuff. And, okay, fine. If you want to have that talk, we can have that talk. That's fine. Teddy Roosevelt was always there getting shot at with other people. Teddy Roosevelt didn't say, hey, let's fight the Spanish-American War. Hey, uh, you guys, go on, go fight it. Teddy Roosevelt said, let's fight the Spanish-American War. Someone get me a freaking rifle, and I'll raise my own army. They're called the Rough Riders. It's a very cool story, by the way. And we'll go down there, and I'll go get shot at. At least he had skin in the game. That I'll allow. I cannot abide by the people who bang the war drums who don't risk getting shot in the face themselves or at least sending a family member to do so. 
It's so easy to sit in Washington, D.C. and ship on, sip on champagne with your pinky out and send other people off to die for your patriotism. Show me that patriotism, Mitt. Saddle up, buddy. Don't want a flak jacket. Grab a weapon. Get one of them kiddos out there. Let's go. Oh, you're too busy? Too busy voting to impeach Donald Trump? Yeah, that stuff makes me salty. All right, let's talk about COVID for a second and the Spanish flu. Hang on. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Chris, do you have that clip from Australia? I'm probably going to start ramping up and playing more Australian news clips. And it's not just because Australia has pretty much overnight become some dystopian communist paradise. It's more for the accents really than anything else. It was a violent confrontation at a Western Sydney petrol station. Five men who police claimed had links to a criminal gang clashing with Raptor Squad officers. 
Police describe Strike Force Raptor as proactive, a specialised squad that targets the criminal activity of outlaw bikey gang. But on this day in September, they were cracking down on offending of a different kind, a group of men who were not wearing face masks. They were Khalid, Hussein and Fadi's Raker, along with two others. One is arrested before a melee erupts and backup arrives. They didn't do anything, they just didn't have a mask on. The men say they went into the shop to buy some. Raptor officers say they were attacked first, but security and phone video contradict that. And all charges of assaulting police and resisting arrest were withdrawn by police. Okay, well that obviously means the Australian police were lying through their teeth and they didn't were not attacked first, but let's get a couple of things out of the way first. Uh, how sweet is it? There's something called the Raptor Squad. Chris, we need some kind of Raptor Squad here now on the show. What? We'll figure out something. We'll go after people uh, who leave the chip bags unrolled or something like that. So they go stay. Look, we're going to form our own Raptor Squad now. And I'll, of course, be the leader and everyone else can wait on me hand and foot. That's one. Two. Australia is now at the point they're sending their specialized police units who go after biker gangs to beat up people who don't wear masks. How crazy has COVID made this world? How nutso is it that the West, and yeah, I I realize where Australia is. Don't yell at me about calling it the West, but I consider it part of the West. How nutso is it that the Western democracies have turned this bad this quickly? I mean, these are the places, these are the places, we just got done talking about World War II like an hour ago. These are the places that, that saved the world. They joined together their fight against the worst governments ever. They saved the world. And now Australia's got their biker gang cops beating up dudes with no masks on. God, jeez. From a Grand Canyon Historical Society presentation, I don't know what that means, true or false, would the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic even have been much of a problem if it was not from the for the Great War? Why or why not? How much of the world population was affected or terminate? All right, you know, first of all, I don't mind emailing in the questions. Don't get hammered before you email them in. Get hammered after you email them in. Some of these are hard enough to to decipher when you're sober. I, what is that even supposed to mean? El Sombrero, good to hear you back in the chair again. Heartening to hear you taking the time to see your son's events. Sadly, I had to miss way more than I wanted. Let me be clear about something. You remember I was gone on Tuesday because I went to my son's band concert. And as I told you, I'll be at the next one too. I'm not going to miss. If at all possible, I'm not going to miss. But I've had to miss plenty of things. Especially uh, when I was selling RVs, actually. A huge RV sales day is Saturday. That's just a huge day. Okay, so the boys are in school all week, and then Saturday when they're off and we should be going fishing, something like that, I got to go to work, and I got to go to work. I've missed a million events, way more than I ever wish I would have missed. I, I, I didn't want to make myself look like a good father there. I, I just I don't want to miss any more. All right, and if at all humanly possible, I'm not going to miss any more. Quick question. Gun to your head. Band concert or robotics competition? <laughs> it's always it's okay to use my name. You not you may not know what he's talking about with robotics competition. Uh, I will tell you if you did an internet search right now and you looked up Jesse Kelly robotics, you would actually discover exactly what he's talking about. I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it for you here. 
on my Twitter account at Jesse Kelly DC. This is two or three years ago. I I put up a social media post. My oldest son James, he's um, it's just one of those kids. His mind works this way. I can't really do Legos. I, I, it's just never been – what? Shut up, Chris. It's difficult. The, the, the Lego thing, there's too many little pieces. It just doesn't – he can. And when I say can do Legos, I don't mean can follow the instructions in the book and put together a Lego set. Anyone can do that. He's one of those people. He can take a box, and he has boxes of them, of Legos, and he can dump it on the floor, and you can say, James, uh, build me a spaceship. Give him a couple hours, and he will bring you – a spaceship with no instructions or anything like that. It's just the way his mind works. I, I can't, I could never do that. I don't possess those skills. So there was, they, they did away with it because of COVID, but there was a Lego robotics competition going on at one point in time. And he was involved in it and it was really cool. And he did it. It was, it was really cool. But one day we had to show up. I think it was a Saturday. We had to show up to the big competition <laughs> And it was seriously like seven or eight hours long of these different Lego robotics teams set up out in the middle. And they had bleachers for the parents. And I kid you not, there was an announcer out there. No, joining us now is James. It's going to be close. Like that kind of thing. (laughs) So I put up a fairly tongue-in-cheek post about, oh, this is so brutal. We're stuck in a Lego. You'll you'll be able to read most of the posts. It's all deleted now because all my stuff deletes automatically, but it's still all out there in the various articles if you look up Jesse Kelly Robotics. So I put up this long kind of thing, kind of complaining about it. Well, part part of the reason I'm glad I'm not a communist, and I'm glad you're not a communist, is this. They don't have senses of humor. At all. And I honestly, I don't know what that is. I have no idea why uh, you sign up for that disgusting religion and your sense of humor just goes away. So because I'm a bad person, I like to exploit that every single chance I get. Well, they got a hold of this and they got so mad. They started, they started (laughs) blasting away. I mean, everyone from CNN to Hollywood actors to, to, uh, the the president of iHeart, the president of iHeart got emails from enraged communists that I put up this Lego robotics thing. It should be noted, credit to iHeart, credit to Premier. Uh, they all laugh about that. That, that, that. That's By the way, communists, I know you're listening. It won't do you any good to complain. If anything, you're going to get me promoted again. So it doesn't do you any good. But feel free. Go ahead. I'm never going to stop. So it didn't do any good. But just they flew into a rage about this whole thing. And the answer to your question is, oh, I'd rather be at the band concert any day of the week. One, the robotics thing was so long. Two, all right, I've got to be honest about something. I'd, the band concert wasn't that bad. It was Christmas music. And it wasn't like it was all a bunch of three-year-olds you know, farting into the trombone. It, these, a lot of these, a lot of big part of the concert was high school kids and they're really good. It was it was just a, a miniature concert for Christmas music. So whatever. Jesse, thought on this. Why has Hillary been in many news cycles lately? What is your thought of my thought? All right, here we go. His thought is, Hillary is inserting herself in the news now for some type of relevancy. I ask myself, why? Then I see Kamala's approval rating drop down to 22%, and I believe her days are numbered, and she'll be forced out 
and in comes Hillary, as it would be more popular with America than Kamala, and it keeps identity politics intact. Then once in as VP, and I would not put it past her, she initiates the 25th Amendment and gets Joe out of president, and she's president after all. Look, I was getting ready to blast you from some insane, for some insane conspiracy theory. He says I can use his name. His name is Jeff. That sounds completely plausible. And here's what's so weird about this for me. And maybe I'm the one that's weird. Maybe I'm the one that's naive. Here's what's weird for me. Here you have Hillary Clinton. And let's set aside your hatred for her or my hatred for her. Everyone despises Hillary. But she's the former first lady. She's the former senator for the state of New York. That's a big deal. And she's the former secretary of state. And she's fabulously wealthy. There's nothing Hillary Clinton wants that she cannot have. If Hillary Clinton wakes up tomorrow morning and says to herself, I would like to eat a ribeye on a yacht off the coast of Greece tomorrow, Hillary Clinton can make that happen, probably with very little effort. She would call one person. They'd have travel arrangements made up. She'd fly private. She'd be there eating that ribeye. What's so odd to me is this. Why do you want to come back into politics so badly? You have everything you want. I mean, you have your family. You have I mean, you got all this cash. Not that money buys happiness, but you have you're internationally famous. You already have a legacy. Why? What is it with these people who obsess over being famous and staying famous once you already have everything. Go away and enjoy your life. I, I'll, I'll never get it all. You know what Hillary really needs, Chris? A my pillow. What? What she does? You know that? Did you see her in that interview? That's a woman in need of a good night's sleep. And the original my pillow was sixty nine ninety eight. Right now, they're nineteen dollars and ninety eight cents. If you go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE. And remember this, Christmas is here. Don't tell me you don't know what to buy your husband or your wife or your kids or grandma. You know who loves a great night's sleep on a great pillow? Everybody. You can get them the best pillow on earth for $19.98. Don't go buy yourself a MyPillow right now. Buy yourself one and get them as gifts. What a unique, awesome gift for people. Go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code JESSE, and you can get one for $19.98. Get more than one. Or call 800-845-0544. Also use the promo code JESSE so you can get the deal. Save yourself some money. The Jesse Kelly Show. It's still real to me, damn it. Returns next. Jesse Kelly show. We'll get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions because it is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, you can download the whole show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. But first, I, I do, just like we did at the beginning of the show, I think we should probably do this again. Let's let's walk down memory lane. Remember yesterday when Jim Cramer of MSNBC said this? To me, we have the strongest economy. Perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, that unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's the best in 69. We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services. A marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. 
They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a Roaring Twenties style. It's the Roaring Twenties, baby. Best economy he's ever seen. Member of White House Chief of Staff. I'm Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff. There's a lot of talk about how the economy's doing. Here are a few key facts that show the economy is growing and recovering under President Biden. Last week, the government reported that the unemployment rate's down to 4.2%. That's three years faster than experts predicted it would happen before we passed the rescue plan back in March. How many jobs? We've created 6 million jobs this year. That's more than any president in history has created. Hmm, that was yesterday. So why such a coordinated campaign? About Those are two videos. You, you, you listened to last night's show. I could have played you a bunch. Why such a coordinated campaign in the same day to talk about how great the economy's doing? That's what you call prepping the ground for today's news. Inflation is a big problem. Here's the late-breaking number. Over the last year, the prices you paid went up 6.8%. That's the sharpest inflation surge since 1982. You strip out food and energy, and the core price up 4.9%. That's the highest since 1991. In most industries, inflation is now outpacing wage gains. In other words, workers are getting worse off. That's why they came out with such a coordinated, gigantic lie yesterday. They knew the inflation numbers were going to be bad, and boy, are they bad. Back to your questions. Dear Jesse, have the Democrats declared war on America, or is this an undeclared war? We all need to contact our congressmen and demand to know what happened on January 6th, so on and so forth. Look. This is one of the hardest, this is one of the struggles we have. And maybe you know someone like this in your life and you need to talk to them about that. One of the struggles we have right now is tradition. I would never be a Democrat. Even the Democrats of old, I disagreed with their policies. But if you're talking about Democrats like JFK, you're talking about guys like that Truman. Uh, Look, honestly, on a smaller level, obviously I know we don't like him, Bill Clinton you're at least talking about people who at least pretended to like the United States of America. And when your mom, your your mom, who's always voted Democrat, my grandpa has always voted Democrat, when they go into the polls and they vote for these people today, they're doing so out of tradition because they have not fully accepted what the Democratic Party has become. And it is hard to accept. That's a, that's a, that's a bitter pill to swallow. Getting through... To the traditional Democrat is important. There are a lot of people out there. Like you, you know, I grew up in the Rust Belt, you know, construction and whatnot. So I grew up around union guys all the time. These union guys, lots of times they'll vote traditional Democrat. They have nothing in common with this party today. And I mean nothing. Getting through to them what they're voting for, yikes. And I mean yikes. That is a... Tough, tough hill to climb, and it's one we have to climb. But it's very hard to get someone to break tradition. You, When someone's been doing something 60, 70 years, how do you convince them otherwise? It's something we have to work on, though, because, look, the reason Joe Biden's sitting in there and not Donald Trump, with the exception of all the cheating, the reason he's sitting there and it's not Trump is this. It's the 65-year-old Democrat who goes in there and says, I don't know, I, Joe Biden seems nice, Herb. Let's vote for him. And now we're stuck. 
Jay Steele the third. You've said multiple times on the show that one of the best ways to raise children not to be a communist is by being grateful. Uh, what she's talking about is, in case you missed it, there's never been a grateful communist. It played the entire religion is based on one of the worst parts of human beings. We all have it inside of us. Envy. If you teach your kids to be grateful, they will never accept communism. I've told you what I do, and it doesn't mean I'm right. I don't have some instruction manual. I'm not father of the year here. But when I go pray with my boys every night, I ask them, tell me something you're grateful for. And I make them individually come up with something. I don't care if it's big, small, mom, bed, school, water, my toys. I don't care what it is. Tell me something. And then I'll have them pray about it. Thank God for it. That's important. Anyway, moving on. What are some other methods you'd recommend? I already had the Tuttle Twins books on the way for my daughter, but what else can I use to my advantage? Documentaries, books. Documentaries are very hard. Uh, My boys actually enjoy history, but they're still boys. They're 11 and 13. You know I geek out on documentaries all the time. I simply cannot get them into documentaries. I actually can get them into me telling a history story. If I get up and I tell them a story or they listen to my old ones that, that, that were on the show, I can get them to listen to that. But documentaries, I love them because I'm so obsessed with the subject. But even I know they're not presented in the most entertainment, entertaining way lots of times. Lots of times the guy will talk like this in the war. and the and you're, just, you're not going to hold a kid's attention in that way. And books get difficult unless it's something like the Tuttle Twins books that are uniquely aimed at things that, that, that kids will enjoy. You know, they're made for kids. Books get difficult. If I had to do one other thing to teach my kids about history, and I know this is, this, gosh, this is going to make me sound like such an old fogey, but I've, it's been relatively successful for me. Take them out to see things like museums. If you have an old battleship in your area, if you have something like that, when they can stand in front of something and look at a picture and you can go over the story of it and you can make a personal, it makes some kind of connection for them. It makes it real for them. It makes them, it it makes history come alive. And once they understand things like history and communism and things like that, they'll never be a communist. All right. We have, well, we have a hard conversation to have about America, apparently. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, your love, your hate, your death threats, all are welcome to be emailed to jesse at jessekellyshow.com and your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them out for me. I read every single one. I will not respond. I get way too many. Plus, I'm rude. But I do read them all. I just have to say that great speakers like yourself are really, really difficult to come by these days. I also admire your sheer intrepidness and determination to do what's right for America and for its people. For that and more, I thank you most genuinely, Jesse. And I wish you and your friends an excellent rest of December and Happy New Year. That's very nice, Chris. I am an excellent speaker. What, Chris? It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Hi, Jesse. One issue I haven't heard mentioned is how Marxism always winds up creating MSG. And I'm not talking about the flavor enhancer used by some restaurants. I'm talking about mass shallow graves. 
wherever any freedom-loving people in history have faced the Marxist-Communist iron fist, mass shallow graves are included at some point. When the point of critical mass is reached in the U.S., we will be faced with a grim choice. Semper Fi, brother, says I can use his name. His name is David. Uh, listen, communism is, is something we, we don't just talk about lightly. It's not just a label. If you actually dig into the horrific history of it, and don't worry, your kid will never be taught it in school. He'll learn everything about the Nazis, very, very little about the communists. The things they have done throughout, throughout, everywhere. I mean, it's one of those things, it's universal. Wherever they take power, people die. Lots and lots and lots of people die. And remember, it's because it's an anti-human religion. It is a religion of destruction and domination. And like, like so many religions throughout history, they are not just, not just willing to kill people who oppose it. They're happy to. They're happy to kill people who oppose it. This, it's not an accident. This happens everywhere they take over. That's the whole religion. Death destruction and misery everywhere it goes when i when i end up ranting about communism or 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 something taking place here and i ended up getting fired up about it i'll be frank and i don't think i've ever told you this before part of the reason i get so passionate about it and so fired up about it is i can't believe that death and misery could come here the thought of that kind of death and misery coming here it's just too much that my son's or, or their kids after them may have to live in the kind of world people who've lived in, under communism have lived in in the past. That is, it's beyond belief to me. And I will tell you, I, I told you we're going to have a hard conversation about America. We are heading there really, really quickly now. Very, very quickly now. One of the hallmarks of communism is this. You know that? Dividing the family. It's just one of the most basic things. They do that on purpose. They destroy the religion and they destroy the family. Because the communists must break any bonds you have to anything other than the state. So they turn family members against each other. That's not a Soviet thing. That's not a Ukrainian thing. That's not an East German thing. It's not a Cambodia thing. It's not a China thing. It's not a Vietnam thing. That's a communist thing. Everywhere communism has ever taken place, kids have turned on their parents. Parents have turned on their kids. Husbands have turned on their wives. Wives have turned on their husbands. Brother against sister. And when I say turn on, I don't mean tattletaling to mom that you stole the last cookie. I mean dragging your wife into the secret police station and saying, you should have heard what she was saying about Stalin. And then walking away as they pull her into a cell to pull her fingernails out. That's the reality of what it looks like. How many emails have I read to you? And these are just the ones I read to you. How many emails have I read to you on the air? My kids won't even let me visit now because I'm not vaccinated. My mom won't let me come see my dying dad because I'm not vaccinated. How many of these have I read? It's what they do every time. Our biggest problem, Jesse, is that over half of America is too stupid to have an opinion. But they vote Democrat. Our only hope is to bring back the Confederacy Unite the southern states, Jesse, to secede from the Union and restore the Constitution. Then the righteous have someplace to go. This facilitates the great divorce. Get it done, Jesse. Well, look, 
I don't think we necessarily probably want to lead with the bring back the Confederacy thing. That's probably... And you know I'm not one of these guys who looks down my nose at at everyone who fought in the Civil War. Those guys, I, I don't do that. Branding does matter, though. I think we probably should avoid the whole bring back the Confederacy talk. Ah, just maybe. Just maybe. Dear Jesse, very cool making time for your kids' events. For a while in my youth, I didn't want my parents going to my games because of my colorful vocabulary and my talent for fighting and getting kicked out of games. Keep up the good work. I remember I was I was I I played basketball for years because I'm so tall. I sucked. Don't don't get excited. I could hold my own. I could shoot. I could block shots. But I, I was not a good basketball player. I was not an athlete. I did. I never loved it enough to be good at it. But I played. And I I know you're gonna find this shocking, but I ended up being short tempered. I was in my especially my younger years. I was very very short tempered. And I'll never forget how angry my father was at me that one time he showed up at one of my games and we were getting kicked around and I personally was getting kicked around and outplayed all over the place. And I thought they were playing a little dirty. So I started playing a little dirty and I fouled out with five fouls over the course of two minutes of basketball. I fouled out and they ejected me from the game. My dad was so mad at me. (laughs) Most esteemed Oracle and food savant, Jesse. I've been listening for a few weeks now and catching up on some old episodes. And I have to say one thing you're wrong about is fish. It's delicious in a variety of ways and doesn't have to be cooked some special way or slathered in some sauce or, or other to taste great. Lies. Anyway, you're a beacon of sanity during these insane times. I've even got my apolitical wife to listen because your storytelling is so compelling. I'm trying to subtly red pill her so she understands the dangers posed by the communists and their useful idiot lackeys everywhere. Thankfully, she's not a leftist and is pretty down to earth. It's just that she's not interested in politics and pays little attention for the most part. As part of my campaign, I even bought her a full set of my pillows and a pair of my slippers for Christmas. Of course, using the promo code Jesse. <laughs> but by the way, those slippers are stupid comfortable. My wife, she loves the pajamas and their slippers. He he Mike Lindell at my pillow. He takes so much time to come up with the new products. He doesn't, he doesn't just come up with something and throws it out there. They take all this time and do all this research and spend all this money figuring out what works and what doesn't. Those slippers, honestly, oh, geez. It's like wearing a big fluffy blanket on your feet. I did what I was taught to do. I went to school. I got a job. I've worked from the age of 16. I don't understand why I'm the enemy of the state. I don't understand the end game. I guess we're like Rome. Well, you're almost there. You went to school, you got a job, you don't understand why you're the enemy of the state. That's why you're the enemy of the state. The last thing these people want is a thinking, working, productive human being. As I've explained before, they need you to be an unthinking robot who they can program to say and do certain things They really, really, really need you to be miserable, to be completely miserable because you'll never truly adopt communism unless you are unbelievably miserable. Remember this. I talked about it a little bit yesterday, how 12 cities have record homicide rates right now in the country. That is intentional. 
They do that on purpose. They turn loose violent crooks and defund the police so you will be scared and unsettled and miserable because happy people would never choose communism, but miserable people just might. All right, we'll wrap up with the final questions here in just a second. But first, look, we were just talking last segment about teaching your kids not to be communists, teaching them about things that are right, teaching them about freedom, limited government, teaching them things. The dangers of socialism, property rights, free markets. And you're not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. I I can't teach all these things to my kids. I don't have to, though. I have other options that can entertain them while educating them. Those are the Tuttle Twins books I've been telling you about. When you go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com, you get 35% off. And listen, how about your brother's kids? How about your church friend's kids? These are books kids need to read. They need to read entertaining books that will teach them the things we want kids to know. That doesn't just happen by osmosis. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com. You get 35% off. You get free activity workbooks too. And may I mention, read these books with your kids. You'll learn something too. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, one more time because it is our final segment. May we please once more hear the man who is in possession of the nuclear codes. But at the end of the day, we've always found ways to come together. We can find that unity again. And the message said, end of message. Oh, God. All right, let's get to a couple more emails before we sign off for the night. Dear head in the clouds, Jesse. That's, you know, that's not very nice. 6'8 is not that abnormal of a height. Many weeks back, you mentioned a pizza place in your hometown that serves cold cheese on top of your otherwise normal slice and people did not understand the greatness of what you described. There's a pizza joint where I'm from that does the same thing, and just how wonderful it is cannot be understated. Keep up the great work, miniguns. <laughs> Bonus question. Should Nixon not have resigned? His name's Vinny. From Long Island, of course. Because everyone from Long Island's named Vinny. Quit, Chris. We can make jokes. No, in all seriousness, there is. Uh, I grew up. In, well, I didn't grow up there. I lived there till I was ten. I was born in Steubenville, Ohio, but I grew up in a tiny town right by it called Toronto, Ohio. Toronto, Ohio. And in that town, I'm told because we had people email the show after I did that show. In that town, there's a little pizza joint called Iggy's Pizza, and they serve pizza there. And again, it's just a normal slice of pizza. I remember it being a thicker crust. I'm more of a thin crust guy, but a thicker crust, a normal slice of pizza. They'll cook it and all that. And then when they pull it out of the oven, they take the cold shredded cheese. They've already got cheese melted on it. It's a normal pizza. But then they take cold shredded cheese and sprinkle it over the top. I have no idea why it is delicious, but it is fantastic. And I mean fantastic. Gosh, I love that. Anyway, back to your question about Nixon. Nixon resigned because Nixon was going to be impeached. Let's be honest about that. You don't want to be impeached. That's why Nixon resigned. I'll tell you, in this day and age, nobody on the right should ever resign for anything ever. Never. Never apologize. Never resign. We have entered a completely different era now 
where we are in a political total war with these people. Never, ever, ever resign. Never back off. Dear Dr. Bifocals, you know, one day I came on here and I just bared my soul to everybody that my eyes were finally going bad and they'd been going bad for years. And I went and saw the eye doctor lady and I got some glasses. I won't wear them around. I do wear the sunglass version. I have a prescription sunglass version when I'm driving simply because no one can tell they're real glasses and because it allows me to actually read the street signs, and I've found that to be fairly important. But I still won't wear them around. I do have them, though. And it, it is... Remember, Chris had to change. I have a computer in front of me that shows when people have, have called in and shows their names and things like that. And it's three feet away from me. I would guess three feet away from me. Remember that show? Chris had to come increase the font size of the screen so I could see the names. It's not good. I don't care. I'm still not wearing the stupid glasses. I don't want to wear glasses. Anyway. What, Chris? I know contacts are out there. I know they're out there. I'm I'm aware that's where I'm going to end up eventually. Can't they just do the laser thing where they stick a laser in my eyeballs and fix it? It's not that I'm too much of a wuss for contacts. I don't want things in my eyes. It looks like a huge pain. You know what? I'm not going into it right now. Anyway, my dad brought up an interesting proposition to me the other day. He said in the wake of Kyle Rittenhouse and the other aggressive prosecutions and self-defense cases... We should switch over our self-defense weapons to rubber bullets instead of lead. If someone was to break in your house or whatever, it may be where we have to defend yourself. At least we tried to use a less lethal round to get rid of said scumbag to get them to flee and not have to clean his brains off the carpet. Jeez, that's a little dark. I know you speak for hero gun, but it would be more cost efficient way for me to protect myself and my family against an, a zealous prosecutor. You're no lawyer, but what do you think? Absolutely not. You come in my house, you're going to die. You come in my house, you're going to die. I'll lawyer up. I don't care about the local prosecutor. I'll go to jail. If you have made entry into my home, and I'll be honest with you, because I have trained my sons and my wife at this point in time, and the truth is they're not probably going to be as calm in a situation like that as I would be just because I've been in those situations before. You better hope you see me. Because if you see them, they're just going to kill you. Uh, and they know that's what they're going to do. If you're in there and you shouldn't be, you're going to die. If I see you, you're probably going to die unless you are really laying down your weapon or turning around and running away. But there will not be discussions. I have no compunction about putting you in the ground forever. I'll drag you off my front porch and call the cops and they'll come scrape you off my patio. I will not use rubber bullets. When I talk about hero gun... I use Hero Gun as something that is an excellent supplement for situations where 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 non-lethal is preferred because you don't always want to use lethal. I don't have any desire to kill anybody. For people who are uncomfortable with firearms, I certainly understand. It is excellent. It is an incredible thing. But you come in my house, you're going to die. Period. The communists have given us a huge gift with COVID and CRT. They have awakened the previously uninterested and uninvolved suburban and rural women and African-Americans to get involved in politics, and they are angry. I believe these two issues will lead to them continuing research in other areas and finding they've been blinded, so on and so forth. Look, 
There are definite silver linings to what's happened over the last two years. Yes, I understand the devastation, the financial devastation. People have lost businesses. So many people, especially with the mandates now, have lost jobs. I'm not going to sugarcoat what's happened here. The mental health crisis, drug and alcohol abuse, it's all really, really, really bad. I know it's really, really, really bad. I'm not naive to that. But there is a silver lining. We have always had the numbers. Now, I, I never have liked the silent majority talk because, frankly, it's been silent way too long, and that's how we lost everything. But the numbers, sheer numbers-wise, we do have them. And now, because of all those kids who had to do schooling through Zoom calls and then all the critical race theory and then the masking on the kids, now people are realizing just how poisonous the government education system in this country is and it might end up saving this place. Pick your chin up about that, huh? And enjoy the weekend with your family. That's all. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.